The following program is rated TV-MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Hey everybody, welcome to the Be Kind Rewind podcast. I am your host, The Big Llama. Uh, I'm also the host of The Big Llama Show on YouTube. I have a movie reaction channel and I do a Sunday night live stream uh, with my co-host Blackout AD, where we talk about pop culture, UFC fighting, gaming, everything under the sun. And we have fun with our, our fans. But we're not here for that tonight. We are here for the Be Kind Rewind podcast. And if you did not read the description or look at the thumbnail, if you're watching this on YouTube, we are going to be talking about the movie The Departed, and I am really, really excited to, to talk about it, but we do have a, a special guest with me. I have my friend, Mr. Hercules Outlaw, joining us to discuss The Departed. Welcome, Mr. Hercules Outlaw. Hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. Good to have you, man. Good to have you. This is a great movie. Um, you know, 2006 movie. Has all the stars in it. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think too. Like 2006, I didn't I didn't realize this movie was that old until like recently, and I was like, oh my god, it makes me feel that much older. And I know, I know <laughs> you can speak for days on that, but like oh, yeah. it's it's crazy because I remember when the movie came out, you know, and I can imagine like on your on your end, like you were a lot older, you can understand these movies a little better. Oh yeah. So like yeah. 2006, I have to have been what like 11, <laughs> maybe like yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, well, I had no business watching this movie, but I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, no, it's it's a great movie, and um, you know, and and it's it's kind of it's kind of helmed as not Scorsese's best movie. Obviously, he's got he's got classics under his belt, but sure. it's one of the first movies that actually has a plot that he's that he's done. So yeah, it's weird to think that you can like go throughout a whole movie not knowing how it's going to end. Or like where it's gonna go, you know. So like the fact that he does that and succeeds at it is crazy for the industry right. that the you know he works in. So the fact that this had a plot to it was insane. Yeah, and, and a, a triple cross at the end, and just just insanity that happens at the last uh, you know seconds of the, or the last like half of this movie is just uh, pulse pounding excitement and one surprise after another and so it's just it's an amazing feat uh again many would say it's not his best movie but i would tell you this is a certified classic and totally rewatchable uh time and again um but ground rules ground rules for the podcast for the be kind rewind podcast obviously this is an adult podcast so we'll be uh it's not for little ears so as we said last podcast put the fucking kids to bed Put them um, kids to bed. Put them kids to bed. Fucking kids. All right, anyway, <laughs> we love our kids, but absolutely not for this podcast. Not for this podcast. But it's time to go night night. <laughs> That's right. Uh, if you have an adult beverage with you, if you happen to be listening or you're watching on YouTube, join us as we uh, as we cheer on uh, adult yes, beverage yes. tonight. Yes, yes, beer king. Yes, cheers to you. That's right. Cheers, man. Cheers. So, uh, again, this is what the podcast is all about. Two guys sitting down, having a couple of drinks, talking about a movie they love, and just having some fun with it. So, we're going to definitely have some fun, and we're going to watch uh, – we're actually going gonna to start by rekindling the brain, you know, getting you guys uh, hyped up for it. Um, 
let's watch the trailer that came out in 2006 and see if we can't, uh, you know, get those memory juices going about this movie. So let's take a quick look. When I was your age, they would say we could become cops or criminals. What I'm saying is this. When you're facing a loaded gun, what's the difference? This is not the regular police. This is the state police. We are an elite unit. This is who we're after. Frank Costello. You won't be paid as a regular cop, but there's a bonus involved. So what do I do? You will not ever know the identity of undercover people. You have anyone in with Costello presently? Maybe. Do you know who I am? Maybe not. When I had my associates search you, that was quick. Think he's dead already? Get your hands off me! I think we could work something out. We are all convinced that Costello has at least one mole inside the Special Investigations Unit. There are parts of my job I can't talk to you about. Man, you are in trouble. You don't know the half of it. You better get organized, quick. Hey, last time I checked, I tipped you off and you're not in jail. Get the feeling we got a cop in my crew. Soon a lady's gonna find out who I am and he's gonna kill me. I can get the rat. You just gotta let me do it my way. If you don't, it won't be me who pays for it. There is a leak from the inside. It's real, man. Smoke him out. You're lying to me. There are things you don't want to know about. What are you waiting for, honestly? I mean, do you want him to chop me up and feed me to the poor? Is that what you guys want? How's your mother? She's on her way out. You all are. Act, act accordingly. Exactly. What a fucking trailer, bro. Like yeah. that. Oh, I'm, man, I'm, beginning I'm, to I, end. Yeah, no, you get you get hyped as soon as that, that uh, what is it, set, sailing to Boston, right? Oh, yeah. As soon the as that starts Martins. playing, oh, man. You hear that, that gets the blood flowing. That sets the mood right. Right. It was right. it was and good I, though to, to see that trailer too, because like from the beginning where he walks into the scene in the garage and then they ended at the end with him walking out or like the end of that scene. That was like a really good way to like encompass the entire movie. And then like yeah. from beginning to end, like it's Costello like you know, walking through the controlling, pulling the strings everywhere he goes, you know. Listen, Costello, I mean Nicholson playing Costello was great. Um Fun fact about Nicholson, he would he refused to wear the Boston gear. So, so did apparently he, really? <laughs> he did. He did. So uh, if you notice, he's wearing a New York hat. I think he's wearing a Yankees yeah, cap. Yeah, he does. He does wear the Yankees hat. Yeah. How the fuck you from Boston? You're wearing a Yankees cap, bro. Like, like, <laughs> look, I'm not from there. I'm not from there. Look, I'm wearing my Boston shirt because yeah, I went to yeah. Boston one time and I bought a shirt <laughs> off a street vendor. That's but, what you need. Yeah, right. you you've been there, right? Like, <laughs> but but he was such a dick about it that he's like, he's like, fuck that. I'm not wearing Boston shit. I'm I'm a New York guy, and he wore yeah. a fucking New York hat. Like, but it's Jack Nicholson. What are you gonna do? I mean, you're not gonna tell Jack Nicholson no. 
you know <laughs> but like it's it's crazy too to think about like he wasn't even the original pick for that role no so, like, he wasn't it like it was originally um al pacino right he was he was like scorsese's first choice yeah and he want he wanted him for that movie yeah and pacino didn't want to do it and it was like perfect timing because jack nicholson had just finished doing like all those uh what is it analyze this analyze that right yeah was that no yeah. that was that yeah, yeah. jack nicholson no, 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 yeah I'm, so no that he was had done some comedies he, he did a bunch he was of working comedies. On some comedies yeah so yeah that was the narrow i'm confusing all of them but like <laughs> <laughs> like he was doing a lot of comedy roles and then wanted to get back into that uh like serious you know mobster role again like that evil role that bad guy and i mean who else to do it better than jack nicholson right so like as soon as he got that part he was like all about it and like yeah. he, he, him being the second choice he might as well have been the first one because he killed that he was perfect for the role right I, right I feel like he delivered that role like out of the park you know i mean listen listen to listen they, they spent i heard it was somewhere between 90 to 100 million in terms of the budget and over 50% of it was for the actors. And, and I'm just going to read this cast list for you here. Insane. And mind you, 2006, this is this is their height of their A-list talent. I'm not, this isn't like when they were on the come up. Like DiCaprio had already done Titanic. He did Gilbert Grape. He did, uh, I think he did um, uh, Catch Me If You Can. By that time, he had already done uh, Catch Me If You Can, Shutter Island. Aviator, um, I think Aviator was his like top role during that time. Yeah, I mean... So, so you got Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, so A-list alpha. Like, this is a fucking alpha. You don't, you know, DiCaprio's on, on, the, on the screen. You can't take your eyes off this dude. Uh, Matt Damon. Matt now, again, Damon. Matt, Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> but, yeah, Goodwill Hunting. You know, he's got um, a bunch of roles underneath his belt. He's already A-list celebrity. Yeah. Um, and then you have Mark, Mark Wahlberg, who... Just comes off Boogie Nights, yeah. and he's he was on that role where he was on the the award circuit for a little while. Um, in truly, probably one of his last roles that he, this one that he actually acted in, like because after that he's just a character caricature of himself. Like he's yeah, no, he's yeah, Mark that's a good point actually. Yeah, I mean between, I, mean, I, I would say a good a good version of him acting would be in The Departed and uh, Four Brothers. Which yeah, was yeah. like phenomenal movie, but like in a way you could kind of see how it is Marky Mark, you know, like you, you see yeah. a lot of like that old school Boston badass, right? But like anything after that, no, it's it's a good point that you bring up. Like it's just him being yeah, Mark. He, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah, say hi to your mother for me, you know, that type <laughs> <Yeah>. of thing. <laughs> he becomes the Saturday Night Live sketch that he, that they made him so you know, yeah. It, but but again, he, he was great. Like he he transformed himself in the role. You got obviously Jack Nicholson, the the, the legend. Uh, you got Martin Sheen, Alec Baldwin. Uh, you had a young Anthony Anderson who has a bit part, but <laughs> yeah, gets it gets it in the end. But he uh, made it there. He made it there. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got a, a like a like almost like like a top top bring boxing match. Like the the top names are in this movie and the, I, I hate to use this term but they're showing their dick out man like they're just they're just oh, yeah they're, no, they're just flexing every acting muscle they were it's... able to just sink their teeth into the role and just roll with it you know like right. I, I actually wonder how much of the movie was just improv or like what was actually scripted or if like they just went into a shoot one day and just be like hey just be you 
<laughs> like let's I want to see what you can do with the role. I want to see where it takes me. You know, like well, how many of that because like Mark Wahlberg's from Boston. So like yeah. he didn't have to fake the accent, he didn't have to like deliver it over the top. Like he just had to talk. And like for him, it was just natural, you know. He was like, Oh, like, well, what is it? That scene with uh with Alec Baldwin, and he was like, Oh, how's your mother doing? She's good, she's busy fucking my father. <laughs> it was like literally like the banter, the the whole movie with the banter, he was just so quick with it and so on his feet. With everything that he had to say, you would think that he was just freestyling the, the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, Scorsese is known for allowing some improvisation or, hey, here's what here's what I want you to do. I think most of it is scripted and it has, you know, it's a really tight script. But he will allow those improv moments, which which created that moment that we talked about for Goodfellas, which is the, you know, why am I so funny scene? Like, that's yeah. a complete riff right there and lets him do something that the other actors aren't in on. Um so yeah, I mean, but but again, you've got DiCaprio and Nicholson, who I believe, and Nicholson, I don't know that he respected DiCaprio at the time, but he DiCaprio certainly held his own oh, in, definitely in chewing up those scenes. Yeah, definitely did. And like I mean, at that time too, I mean, having Aviator, having just come off of Aviator, being your biggest movie of that like time frame besides Titanic. You know, like he's he's a young up and coming actor during this time. And Jack yeah. Nicholson's been in the game and he's he's well known for roles just like this. So, like, yeah. you know, for him, it was easy to just kind of run through the motions and go through that. But to kind of work with somebody new and young and have no history with. And to kind of like in, in a way, like take them under your wing, you know, and like. Because the the whole movie it's it's them two you know and then it, it's them two on one side and then you got him and Matt Damon on the other side doing the exact same thing and it's like mirrored you know and like with him and Matt Damon I don't know if they've they've worked with each other before but like you know it's the same concept where you have this young actor who's really good at what he does and he can see that potential so like for him to just be him with each of them in certain scenes and to see how they react or what they do in those moments. It really puts him on a different level, and it, it's a new show of respect for Jack Nicholson, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think DiCaprio and and um, Damon don't share that much screen time because they're in polar opposite ends of, of the spectrum, and they're both – they're looking for each other, right? Yeah. So, so which is great. And that's, and that's the fun part of the movie is like this will he or won't he, who knows, who's the truth, and then – when it unravels in that final sequence, you are just like fucking mind blown. You're like, what the fuck just happened? And I, I mean, again, if you're, if you're listening to this, you hopefully have watched the movie. So spoiler alerts, if, if you, you haven't, if but you uh, haven't already, please do so now. <laughs> Stop. And then come Actually, back to the show. Right. Go ahead, Actually, go ahead no. and pause the podcast and then come back to us when you're done watching the movie. Or, or keep playing the podcast in the background. Just let it, let it ride. We'll um, run through the motions together. We'll go through it. <laughs> but when but like I, I i've never had a scene that literally like i gasped like like holy shit like like did, did that just happen other than you know when, you know it first started with the guy dying next to dicaprio like he's walking up the guy like splatters you're like what the oh, fuck yeah, happened he, yeah yeah when he's when he's walking out of the building was it yeah yeah and like yeah he's he's coming out he just got done talking to the guy right and, and everything <laughs> everything seems to be like wrapping up and yeah, he's walking out and just splatter <laughs> you're like like what do you, how do you react to something like that too like we i can't imagine being in this situation right like being him in that moment and like body drops you're like oh shit like 
<laughs> what just I just finished I heard his voice literally like five seconds ago and right. he fell from the sky and like being the viewer in that aspect you're like holy shit like like this guy this guy shit his pants like right there <laughs> like we right. can't smell it but I know it's there and, and it, what again the false sense of the movie is over like that that's kind of what I mean it wasn't the runtime it was the story I was like okay yeah. it's wrapping up now. this is yeah this, yeah, this is where he knows that, that there is a mole. He knows that the guy knows he's a mole and we're, that we're about to meet. And then all of a sudden the fucking bullet goes off in the elevator and DiCaprio is gone. And we're yeah. like, <laughs> like <laughs> jarred, like, like completely I, like caught off I guard. I just spent and, all this time with him. I got invested in him. You know, I right. thought he was going to make it out. <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked. <laughs> and, and then, you know, obviously there's more shocking stuff towards the end. Um, it just keeps going too, as if you couldn't, as if that wasn't enough. The, the gears just keep going, you know. You get like fifteen more minutes of a movie after that, and you're like, "What? Stop! Just roll the credits. We're done." <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. That that's why there are messy parts in terms of the story structure, and that's and that's unfortunate. When, when again, if you're gonna nitpick Martin Scorsese, bro, you got some fucking balls. Like, you, you I mean, I, I'm not nitpicking. I'm, I'm telling you what I've read in terms of some of the reviews and some of the things that people, you know, preparing for yeah. the podcast. I kind of looked at some reviews and some, some comments. You know, they say it's messy. I can see the messiness, but it's really very enjoyable. So, like, I, I for everyone, you know, if you don't know me, I, my, my sensibility is that if the movie tells a good story, has some good acting. I'm in. I'm invested. I don't care about the flubs or the continuity errors. I'm not like that guy unless I'm like really invested in the movie and I'm like researching it. But it's a fucking great movie. It's got a great. And again, the story had me hooked. Will they or won't they find him? The the one sequence with the phone when he when he fucking calls the the phone. Oh yeah, the that, Caprio's. Oh, man, I mean that whole <laughs> that whole sequence of events. Like he finds the phone. It's coming off of a dead body and it rings. And you're right. like, you're in this room with Matt Damon, and you're like, this fucking phone is ringing. <laughs> like, this is evidence. I probably shouldn't touch this bag, but that fucking phone is ringing. <laughs> so, yep. like, you're staring at it. And then you got, on the other end, you got DiCaprio. He's holding the phone, and he's waiting for him to pick up. And he, right, like, say he, knows, yeah. he knows somebody's going to answer that phone. And yep. then you got, you got the rat. Essentially, you got the mole on one side who's like, I need to pick up this phone. <laughs> like and like knowing that he was like i probably shouldn't touch this phone because then he's gonna know i'm the fucking rat right and then like right right it's the whole thing and then like you're in this moment with him like yo is he gonna answer <laughs> like right right and you start and going back silent. and forth and it's silent i love that too like there's not a single sound happening in this scene it is the phone ringing and that is it you can yeah. cut the tension with a knife and it is beautiful yeah no it's it's when you're hooked man it, i i would almost compare it to Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible One, when Oof. he's hanging over the the, yeah. the thing, if you saw it in the theater or you even at home, not a sound is made, yeah. just because you're just like, what <laughs> is going it, to happen that, that next? Feeling, you feel heavy, right? It's a yeah. heavy feeling. It's just it weighs you down, and like you don't know, you stop breathing for a second too. You're like, what the? What do I do? <laughs> like am i in that am i in that aircraft too or like what's happening you know right right it's it, i'm just telling you and that's that's the the power of the story if the story was shit and you don't care or weren't invested about it, will there like like if okay so sometimes the story will let out all of its secrets 
so that you know that someone knows this and this and this. But because you don't know what other two are thinking, and there's only two people who know that DiCaprio is an actual undercover. Yeah. It's like intrigue, like, oh, shit. And then this is Matt Damon, who is is the mole. Ah, you're just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, pick up the phone, do something, right? But it's completely and, – and that's the, that tells you that the movie has hooked you. You're in. You're invested. And so, to me, it makes it rewatchable for sure. And probably one of the main reasons that I go back to watch it is that suspense. And even, the, even to this day – going back to watch it i forget like the tension and i forget the moments even though i know how the story is all going to end yeah it's that good where you you feel it again yeah so. it doesn't matter i've watched the movie a thousand times and every time i watch it it's that you feel like you're there like you feel that tension in every scene that's supposed to be like over the top dramatic right like and they draw it up for that reason is to make you feel that, you know, like you, you want to be put in a situation that they're into. So you are placed in this room with them and you're going to feel that same feeling that they're feeling. So it's, it's crazy how well they did by portraying that without even speaking a word. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the, the power of Scorsese, right? Like he is, he is what, what makes this again, he is a masterclass of directing, um, I'm actually kind of shocked, right? Like looking at his his nominations and his wins. Like okay, so so I'm just gonna I'm gonna read off to you what he was he, what he was nominated for, and I'll tell you which one he actually won. He only won the Oscar one time. <laughs> the the Oscar for the Oscar for uh, I think for he anything won, that he's done or yeah, I think um, achievement. In, so best director. Okay. He he wins for the departed. Now that's a really? shitty year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a shitty year. Oh, they yeah, have, true. Yeah. They had really bad, you know, entries. Everyone knew he was gonna win. But yeah. still, but let me let me let me go down his list, right? I mean, going into the movie not expecting anything out of it and to get you know a pretty prestigious award out of it is pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think I think at that point he was just out of he he doesn't he wasn't looking for the Oscar, he was just looking yeah. for the story at that point and you know sometimes they they the directors will go for it right yeah. like there's movies you know that they made because they they really wanted yeah. that Oscar. they really yeah they really want that award so he gets nominated in 81 for uh best director for raging bull does it win oh okay wow again i don't know all the other nominees right at that year yeah. but um he gets best director nomination for the Oscar for The Last Temptation of Christ. Now I've seen that one, but I, I you know, it's not a rewatchable one for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he gets the nine in '91. He gets Goodfellas. He gets nominated but loses with Goodfellas, which is certified classic. Ooh. He also yeah. Who beat him out of good, Goodfellas? I, I'm curious. I, I want to say it was like Dances with Wolves or some weird shit. I don't know. I got to look oh, that up. Man. But he also gets nominated for best writing and screenplay, and loses. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, all right, then he goes on his Oscar like like triumph toward the force. He goes in two thousand three. He goes for Gangs of New York. Okay. Uh, huge, yeah. You know, like sweeping epic, which it wasn't well received. Uh, he <laughs> goes mean, controversial at best. Yeah, <laughs> he goes for he goes for the Oscar again for the Aviator in two thousand four with DiCaprio, 
Mm-hmm. And he comes back and he wins in 2006 um, with, with uh, 2007 for The Departed. Um, and then he doesn't get it again. He and, and mind you, the movies he didn't get it for, Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> The Irishman, didn't get for either one of the those. The Irishman movies. didn't get one? No, not for not for directing and not for uh, motion picture of the year. He was nominated, but he did not win. Wow. And again, Mean Streets, uh, all these movies that Scorsese made, he just wasn't nominated. Yeah. So, and then, you know, but then you've got DiCaprio had the same issue. All these movies that you thought yeah. for sure he'd get it. No. Um, yeah. And then Matt I mean, Damon gets even... it on his. <laughs> Matt Damon, I can't stop saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt no, Damon I mean, gets like... it on his first try with Goodwill Hunting, a fucking yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> You, I think, always goes back to like they, they always say, you know, it's all about who you know, and like, there's always rumors about like why it's taken this long for like of, of all the movies that DiCaprio's ever done, he gets an Oscar for The Revenant. Oh yeah, exactly. you know, so like, of of all the movie roles that he's done and just knocked out of the park, like, there is no way you've ever seen a movie with DiCaprio in it and be like that was ass, you know, <laughs> like. Every yeah. movie, every role that he goes into, even Django, you know, like that whole scene with him in Django, that was completely just emotion. <laughs> like, oh, that, he that cuts guy his was... hand mid scene and just kept going, and like that's real terror and like fear in this woman's eyes as he's bleeding out of his hand, and like just kept rolling with it, you know, like that's that's a level of commitment that you don't see in some acting. So you know, for him to make it all the way up until the revenant to get an oscar is is insane to me yeah i mean he 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 just i mean they just wouldn't give it to him like what's eating gilbert grape was one of his first roles the aviator he doesn't get it for he loses it for blood diamond and loses it for wolf of wall street uh wins for the, the revenant and then, great one too, though. yeah and i think he wasn't not was he nominated for Django? i don't think he was so again, the the guy puts out performance after performance and doesn't get it. But you know, uh, again, Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. He just, I, you know, I say it just so you, I can hear you say that again. That's <laughs> it. Oh my god! So no, I mean, look, you got you, this movie was just okay. So forget the heavyweights, right? Like, because because we can talk Jack Nicholson, we can talk, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg, and, and again, Mark Wahlberg in Boogie Nights, I think, is one of his best performances, but. He he's essentially the big doofus, like just like in Boogie Nights, he kind of plays that dumb role. Um, But there's there's a whole sequence where um, Mark Wahlberg is like flexing his acting chops against DiCaprio, where he's um, oh, is it like fucking with him? Yeah, he's like his interview. So what's going on? Yeah, 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 he's (laughs) well. What's he say? He was like. He's like, what? A, what's a lace curtain fuck like you doing in the Stadies? He's like, people are always rising and falling in America, right? He's like, who said that? He's like, Hawthorne. He's like, what's the matter? He's like, what's the matter, jackass? Don't know any Shakespeare? Like, just, that whole scene is like my favorite marker, like Wahlberg moment. Like just and, and he had the accent. He was actually time. acting. Yeah, he was actually exactly. acting. I mean. It's just him. It's just it was just so he was the comedic relief without having to try to be the comedic relief. Like right. he was just he just did a such a good job with the role to just talk shit. Like just go into a room full of people who are thinking you're there for serious shit and talk shit. 
Right. <laughs> just fucking make it happen. Just just flex it. Go for it. Go take yeah. it easy. <laughs> but again, any and what about his hair? Like this hair in that movie was like oh, fucking man. like the, the bowl slash sideways. Yeah. <laughs> he, he brought it back. <laughs> That's what it was. He brought the 90s haircut back. He looked like in the guy from was it uh no country for old men, like Anton Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like. Uh, and if he was worked um, up, oh, man, it just got all over the place. <laughs> but, again, so so the story pretty much is, and I, I will, um, we got to, for those of you watching on the uh, podcast, we got a little, uh, little intro here. Um, so, essentially, you've got the storyline being that DiCaprio is the, the guy on the inside. You know, he's... Uh, He's going to go undercover, and only two guys know to bring down Costello, which I think Costello is um, – he was – in real life, he was supposed to be – I forgot the guy's name, the guy from Black Mass. Um, oh, uh, shit. We'll have, to, we'll have to figure that out. But, but yeah, so it, so the Costello character is a fake name, a pseudonym, but, yeah. it, you know, it's um, – you know, supposed to be this guy from Black Mass. And again, they're trying to infiltrate his gang. They're trying to bring him down. So they got DiCaprio. But what people don't know is Costello has that mole on the inside. He's got uh, Matt Damon, who is he's been grooming since he's a kid to uh, to be his, you know, keep him out of trouble. So he's got him in the, the police force, makes detective. And, you know, he's the inside informant. He keeps him out of trouble. So it's it's already from the beginning, um, the first eighteen minute sequence. It's a you know phenomenal job of telling the story. And in, in fact, I say eighteen minutes because I know for a fact that the credits don't roll until after that sequence, that first intro yeah. sequence. It, so, it establishes who is who and what they're like, what they're doing, right? And like essentially being that you know, like this scene right here, like is when he first introduces himself to Matt Damon's character. Right. And yeah, he's like, yeah, you like comic books? And then he's like, you know who I am, don't you? You know where to find me. And then this is it. Like he he goes, he finds them, and he starts grooming them right from the beginning. Yeah. Just like so, going into those scenes, those transitions where he like from a kid to now he's you know in the classroom being a state trooper. You know, and it's it's to show that passing of time. And as soon as all that's done, you get your title. Now it's time for the show. Right, because now you've got the established story. You've got everything sort of set up for you so that you understand who we're dealing with. And that's what I like is that he outlines in the movie, Matt Damon is the mole. Like you, there's no, yeah. there's no fucking like, you know, guess who it's pretty yeah. straightforward. You, you know, right from the bat that it's Matt Damon. Like he was groomed for this. He was meant for this. And like right here when he tells them and then he's like, school is out. No more pencils, no more that's homework. It. It's time to get to work. And then you contrast it to, to Leo. So again, Leo around the same time coming up in, in the, you know, in the force um, has his story to tell. So you, yeah. you see Matt Damon and what his trajectory that he's on. And then now you're watching DiCaprio and you start to see that, okay, he's the, he's the guy who's the straight laced guy. He's, he just wants to, you know, do well yeah. in the force. Um, and what's great and what's crazy is that it's this kind of juxtaposition between the two of them. You see them both rise in the ranks. You see them both, you know, sort of function with everybody else. 
and how both of them are kind of walking in the same path. Um, again, one is one is working for the other guy. The other guy's trying to get him in trouble. So, again, just like great storytelling and the banter and the the back and forth is just amazing here. So, um, oh, man, yeah, yeah this, this is the scene here where he's uh, <laughs> just rips into him. Yeah, for sure. And then you get again. DiCaprio, and you can see like like the 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 transition of the character. Both of them are pretty straight laced, clean cut guys, and obviously Matt Damon stays that way. But DiCaprio, like right here in, in this particular still, you know, we see a young looking DiCaprio, clean cut. You know, he looks yeah. like a cop, fresh out the academy, <laughs> fresh out the academy. Yeah, he, he literally looks blue. Like. <laughs> He, and he's, I, he's still reading off his study material you know? for like, sure like, for sure they're just fucking with him the whole time <laughs> and like it, and I, it's, it's funny because it's not even just them like if like before that scene even takes place and you know like i'll call him mini costello right like matt damon's character walks into this to introduce himself to the undercover detective unit and you know he's pretty much like at this point worked his way up to detective and he goes to introduce himself to the undercover guys which is matt damon and, and martin sheen's character and they don't give a shit he's he's the new guy he's the clean cut guy they, they're just waving him off pretty much but as he's walking into that office uh leonardo dicaprio sitting in the chair and that's the first time they pass each other and oh, yeah yeah the secretary at the front desk is like hey like all flirty to matt damon as he's walking in and then when he walks out, she looks at uh, DiCaprio's character. And she's like, oh, you can go in now. And it's like it it's already been established. right? Even the secretary fucks with him. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it, it shows that like it's just it's a weird like, I don't know. I, I guess like if you get a taste for somebody, you just treat them a certain way. And mm -hmm. they show that without actually having to say like, oh, this guy, this guy's fucked up. Everybody treat him like shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no it's true it's true and and you know I, what i like is the fact that they put him through the ringer they put him in jail oh yeah and that toughens him up right i mean or at least gets him on the inside to, to know some of these guys and start making some noise so you know you start to see that both of them are in a different path altogether um and even when they get released right he's got to he's got to play this game now he's got to play this this uh Man, I got dogs fucking barking in the background. <laughs> you hear that shit? For a second, I thought it was my window. I was about to go check. Like, oh, <laughs> do I need to be worried? I got Yorkies in my yard now? No, you got, you got fucking... Hey, guys. <laughs> it's, it's not a fucking professional studio. Or, you know, I'm not in the CBS studios recording and shit. So fucking enjoy the dogs. <laughs> they like yeah. the departed. They're part, yeah, they're, they're part of the, the podcast now. <laughs> those those dogs... Those dog sound effects are brought to you in part by Anchor.fm, who hosts my podcast. <laughs> Fucking, oh, you got to love this shit, man. Love it. Love it. <laughs> you got to love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Completely threw me off the fucking, what we were talking about. I just thought, because you know what it is, man? I'm recording and we're putting this together, right? And I'm sitting here and I hear the dogs barking. I'm like, oh, shit. Can they hear it? Because I can't hear anything. I can just hear you. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, let's get back to our damn dogs. The damn dogs. Let's get back <laughs> to our analysis of this fucking movie. 
Hey, look, backwards hat, brimless hat. You, you hey, see, hey, DiCaprio is rocking the big oh, llama look. Hat. Look at him. He, look, he actually looks, looks just like you. Exactly. You just got to put some soft glasses on this right guy. There. I didn't know you were in this movie, Llama. It's crazy. I am in this movie. You see that? I'm watching you this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> My idol. <laughs> Leonardo Delamio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh! Yeah, I think I need another shirt. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think I need another beer. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, as we're as we're discussing it here, now he meets. <laughs> he starts to meet with uh, Ooh, Frank Costello's guys. Yes, and uh, they're they're fucking a hoot. These guys, oh, man. Now he's in there. <laughs> he sits down. The first thing he does is I I get a cranberry juice. Yeah, the dude yeah. next to him is like. It's a diuretic. My wife <laughs> drinks it when she's on a period. Looks at him, dead in his eye. You on your period? <laughs> like no hesitation, beats his ass. <laughs> exactly, man. Like fucking cranberry juice, man. Why would you order that shit? Go to a bar, and then this man here. What was his name? Was it Mickey? Right? This this dude in the leather um, jacket here. That was like this is Costello's right hand man. Was and it Mr. French? No. Mr. French, was it? Mr. Yeah. French, yeah. Yeah. So Mr. French is Costello's right-hand man. And he's sitting at this bar and sees everything goes down and he breaks up the fight. And then he's like, there's certain people in this world that you don't fucking touch. And he's not quite the guy that you don't fucking touch, but I'm saying don't fucking touch him. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> he's like, I mean, the order? <laughs> Cranberry juice. I, what do you want? Your period. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it, man. That's how you do so it. You got, good. And it's such a Boston thing to call them out like that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> fucking cranberry juice in the fucking period. So good. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so then you you continue going down the path, and you have you know, um, you start to see you know that they're that they know that there's a mole on the inside, um, you know, and this is this is the genius part, right? Is that you know, Matt Damon starts to kind of give himself up a little bit. Not him, but like let in on the secret a bit because that gives that that takes the scent away from him. If yeah. he, you know, he can and, pass you know, the lane, pass the puck. Like, oh, all right, this is my chance. I can start feeding it towards you know somebody else, and they can you know veer away from me possibly being it. You know, right, right, and gaining some trust to try to get to information because he knows that somebody else is on the inside. Yeah, and then so many quotable moments too in this like in those like scenes because. Like this one too, like this scene here when they're in the elevator. I'll get back to that one. But like the the scene when they're all in a conference room, like I I quote that almost every day. Where I I'd, I'd walk into a room and I'd look at Chat Mom and I'm just like, what's what's the name? The Departed. <laughs> like, this is like Alec Baldwin. Like we're not here to find the killer. Well, we're not here to find a missing body. We're here to catch Costello. Right. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, my bad. You just got to play that role. He knows why he's in that fucking room. He knows that they're all looking for Costello, and that's who did it. But right. he's got to play the part. You know, he's got to. Oh, what was the name of the departed? <laughs> like, we're, we're not here to find out who's missing. You know, this exactly. Scene, I love this scene because, again, going back to Chat Mom, I quote this scene to her almost every day, and it's because. Uh, so, what's her name? Uh. Vera Farmiga, right? Yeah, yeah, Farmiga. Play, she she plays the pretty much the psychiatrist in this movie yeah. where she talks to, you know, police officers who fired their weapons on the line 
and got to talk about it. And she made she says it in a quirky way, just like that. And he takes a liking to her. Obviously, the lighting is directly on her, so they make her the highlight of this scene. And then on right. the way out, he's like, "Oh, how could I find you?" She's like, "Oh, well, you you'll have to fire your your gun in the line of duty to come talk to me." And my favorite quote, and I say it's a chat mom every day, is I'd stab somebody in the fucking eye with an ice pick if it gets me dinner with you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a very Boston thing to say. Very, very Boston thing to say. I'd stab somebody in the fucking eye with an ice pick if it gets me dinner with you. <laughs> oh, my God. And and again, it's the charm of the movie. I, I kind of, not that she, I wouldn't say she's a throwaway character, but it it, it was a good fun adding to the story. But yeah. there's intrigue with her that in the first viewing I didn't appreciate. Like at first I was like, why? You know, like just I get caught up in that. Sometimes I'm like, I'm watching oh, the man, movie yeah. and I'm like, why is this have to be here? Um, and then you know, when in, in future watches, you realize that she starts to realize some things, and then they're both they're both doing some things with her. Yeah, and that's kind <laughs> of the as if to add to the the whole like these guys are playing the same field on different platforms. They're literally on every aspect of this movie, whether it's Costello or this fucking woman, they're both playing on the same field the entire time. Yeah. And like it's it's another level. And like it took me a long time to actually appreciate her character in that way. Cause like for a long time I was like I was just so mad at her character, you know, like yeah, you get invested. It's one of those movies. You get so invested in every character that this movie shows and she comes into the mix and you're like, okay, we got a love interest. And then she becomes a love interest for the other character. And you're like, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck? You know, like, you know, like, all right. So she's two timing out here, but like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you like, you start to hate her, not just as a character, but as a person. Right, yeah. because you got you got on one side you have clearly this person who needs psychiatric help, mm-hmm. and instead of being that healthcare provider and being like, you are coming in here and treating me like shit just so that you can get opiates and go home and just fucking drown your sorrows away, I'm not gonna be that person, you know. But instead, right. she's just like, fine, I'll write you a prescription. Is that what you want? And like, you're like, whoa, hold on, whoa. where'd you get your fucking license? Exactly. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) and it's funny too like looking at the imdb trivia and she like they bring that up and like what was it she met like for the role she met with lapd psychiatrists like to prepare for the role and like to kind of get in the right headspace and stuff and the psychiatrist read the script that she met with and told her straight up like this psychiatrist is doing everything wrong. <laughs> you know, like, so like you have an actual psychiatrist telling you like, yo, this is fucked up. <laughs> right. Don't, don't fucking do this. that. Please That's don't put us. my name on any of this. <laughs> What's the name of the character? Change it. It's not me. <laughs> exactly. If there's any semblance or resemblance to me, I'm going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> he just brought you know, psychiatry down. Scorsese? <laughs> All right, maybe you could say it. I read it. Yes, I'll tell you, man. If Scorsese came up to be like, "Hey, man, we want to use the name Big Llama," I'd be like, "Fuck it, you're Big Llama. You take it, take it, take it." I'm little. I said, "All I, all I ask is I get Yeah, exactly. All I ask is I get a a small bit role in your in your movie. That's all I ask. Have you walking in the back like spot spotting Bigfoot? Where you like, oh shit, where's Llama? I'll be like a like like fucking Fight Club. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll be the I'll be the fucking dick that shows up and like just like an image, <laughs> <laughs> just like a transition scene. It's just like you sliding across the scene, and then that's it. Like in no part of the movie, it's just your face. Big llama show. <laughs> no, <laughs> just I'll keep going. I'll be in the fucking director's cut, the one that doesn't fucking make the the, the, the movies, right? The theaters, right? Oh god. <laughs> oh dear god, this fucking. I, what I wouldn't, I'd give my left fucking testicle to, to be oh, in a movie man. with Scorsese, bro. Actually, I'll give you, I, I've already had my kids. I'll give you both fucking testicles. <laughs> That's what you want. I'm done. I'm done. Keep both of them. <laughs> they got hormones and shit. I, I'll be all right. Want with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it don't to science. That's the type of analysis you get on the Be Kind Rewind podcast. You get fucking absolutely uh, the, t- the the body parts I would give to be in movies, and you get dogs fucking barking. That's what you get. <laughs> Testicle talking, dogs barking. Gotta let them know, that, man. Make sure your fucking a, kids are in bed. All right. That's that's, that's step a clip. One. That's a clip right there. <laughs> that's a clip. <laughs> fucking clip that shit. Clip it. Clip it. Dogs barking and fucking testicles. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't drink so much during the <laughs> podcast. Wait, what would you say it was? It was Oh, what, what I'm drinking? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck that. No, no, no. That's that's a, that's a trade secret. I'm not sponsored. I know what you're getting at, you <laughs> This podcast you, is brought to you by beer. <laughs> Just beer. <laughs> you're going to be fucking departed. <laughs> I stab someone in the eye with a fucking ice pick if it gets me beer with you. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, this this show's gone off the fucking rails. I love oh, it. Man. I love, I love it. it. But this is why we do it, man. This is why. Um, so in this particular scene, right? Here, I'm gonna get back to the movie. Um, <laughs> what's funny is he calls his he calls Jack Nicholson dad. In, yeah, in, the whole uh, time. The whole time he's talking to him, which time. is a cover, but at the same time. Is it's kind, kind of, of foresh- it's it's kind of not foreshadowing, but it, it's kind of like yeah, he pretty much did raise him. You know, he was right. instead of going around fucking around in the streets, Costello took him under his wing at a young age, and he was that father figure for him. You know, who he who he always wanted to be. It's like it's like watching your favorite comic like book heroes, you know, grow up in front of you. You know, and he brought you under his ring to be like, hey, you're gonna take my place someday. So stick with me, and I'll take care of you. And that's what it was. Oh man, this scene, Jesus! <laughs> well, this well, DiCaprio, scene. DiCaprio's got to got to like start to fucking show out that he's yeah. he's built for the life, and he stomped a mud hole in this guy. Yeah, in he's, this particular he's definitely scene. giving himself a, a name at this point. Like he beat the shit out of this dude in Costello's bar. Yeah, right off the bat, right, and then that shit. So that whole scene. They're in the bar and Costello comes in and he's like, you know who the fuck I am? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, come with me. Yeah. Like this, this scene right here. He's like, you know who I am? And then he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, follow me. He's like, it wasn't a fucking question. And like <laughs> at this point, he's making a name for himself. Right. And then he just starts going a fucking at this point. He has a broken arm in that mm-hmm. scene where he beat those two guys in the, the grocery store. He breaks his arm or he breaks his hand. Yeah. And. He shows up back at Costello's bar to have a cranberry juice, I guess, with a <laughs> cast on. You know, he's got the cast on and he's clearly injured at this point. But he he has to keep doing what he got to do. So he's going to keep showing up at Costello's bar to make sure that he gets in close. And Costello finally notices. And he doesn't notice him for what he's doing. He notices him because his fucking cousin. 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> because of his fucking cousin, yeah. yeah and then he's, he's like, are you going to stop doing fucking stupid-ass coke deals with the Puerto Ricans on my block with your dumb-ass cousin? <laughs> he's yeah. like, yes! Yes! <laughs> Like, oh, oh, when he's when he's smashing the, <laughs> yeah. the, the the cast, right? Smashing yeah. his own boot on his cast. Oh my god! Just pure pain. Just probably just got it wrapped up and went to the bar, like thirty <laughs> minutes apart, and then gets it smashed again with his own boot. Talk about disrespectful! <laughs> just savage. You're gonna kick your own ass right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take your shoes off. Are you fucking kidding me? Take your fucking <laughs> shoes off. <laughs> I, I mean uh, it. But but it goes back to uh, like Nicholson's performance in this, and again, people say like, okay, Nicholson was being Nicholson. No, he was he was pretty invested in the role. I think there's yeah. some snarky moments that he becomes that character that he always is. But it's the it's his acting chops and the ability to like bring you into the role yeah. um, that even if he does the same thing or he looks the same way, you're okay with it because you're invested in his performance. Um, but yeah, Nicholson delivers a great performance here, um, and really kind of cements the the story. Now, moving to the, and again, I'm not moving to the end of the movie, but like the fact that he's a fucking FBI informant at the end of mm -hmm. this is just fucking All crazy. This All this time, and he's shouting out the fucking rooftops. We have a fucking rat. We have a fucking rat in here, and I'm losing my guys, my top guys. I'm losing them because we got a fucking rat and the whole fucking time. He's it's the him, right? FBI informant, like but, the whole time, and just just for them to find out too, the way they did. And then he's like, "Yo, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like mm -hmm. all this shit, all this time, all the fucking work I did for this guy, and he was fucking feeding the FBI shit." And and, and the fact that. Like and again, I you, I love looking at reading into movies like this. Matt Damon is doing the same fucking thing. Yep, we've got a mole. We got a mole. We got a yeah. fucking mole. And we got a mole like, in the department. I got a feeling that Costello's got one of your guys there, but I also think that there's a mole in the department. Right. Boom. Right. Oh, drop the bomb on that one. Like, who the fuck is the mole? Man, I don't know. Shit. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> But again, him and Costello are, are in the same fucking lanes doing the same thing to each yeah. area. And it's like, and I, I love the fact that Matt Damon didn't know that, didn't know that yeah. he was the informant, which, which no when clue. that, when that reveal happens, it's fucking sad. Like, it's like, oh, but at You're the like, same time, all that work the, you were doing for what, but, but at the same time, the evil that lurks in Matt Damon's character comes out. Because oh, now yeah. it's survival. It's yeah. it's about me like living past this shit. Yeah. So I and mean, he starts it, he's he really starts going off the rails too. Cause like oh, right yeah. after that, he pretty much like what is it? So we we know that uh what's his name? Queenan, right? The Martin Sheen's character is Officer Queenan. Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's headed he's head of the detective like department or whatever. And then he's the one they launch off the roof. After meeting with the Caprio's character, and like they launch him off the roof, now the department's out of a head. Now it's Mark Wahlberg who takes over. But what happens? They get into a fight at the precinct, and he's like, "You son of a fucking bitch! I know it was you." He had him. He had yep. him from day one. Mark Wahlberg was like, "I know you're the fucking rat. You're a fucking rat. I got your fucking number." And he got suspended. 
And he's like, fuck the suspension. Take my badge, too. I don't give a shit. And, like, just went off the fucking rails. So what happens now the entire department is out of a fucking leader. So who steps in? Fucking Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Fucking Matt Damon. Fucking schmoozes his way in there. He's like, shit, everybody left? I'll take a seat here. Fuck it. (laughs) Like, nobody's going to step up? All right. You don't want to give me your guys? I'm taking over this department. That's exactly what it was. He kept asking. He kept pit, like pinching fucking guys, and that's why Mark Wahlberg caught on to the character. He was like, "Why right. do you keep asking about my guys? You don't need to know where my guys are." And then he's like, "I need to know where every fucking person is because we got a mole in the department." He's like, "Who's to say that you're not the mole?" And then that's it. It went downhill, and then he's like, "You calling me a mole? I'll fucking kill you!" Right. <laughs> like, just went off the rails. And then, and then you know, eventually, you know, uh, D- Dignam uh, leaves. Right. Yep. And the the great way that it's I don't know that it's portrayed great, but I'm, I think the way that they spliced him into the movie and the cuts, you forget about this guy. Yeah. So when he fucking returns at the end, you're like, you're like, oh, oh shit. Fuck, this guy. And like, talk about like the theme of the movie. Right. Is the rat. Who's the rat? Who's the mole? That's right. the whole theme of the movie. And then like by this point, Queen is dead. And shit goes off the fucking rails, right? Like, they're meeting up in secret, and he's starting to fucking lose his shit. Like, DiCaprio's, like, losing his mind at this point. He's, like, getting close to shit, and he feels like he's getting, like, slowly pinched in. And, like, this, like, Mark Wahlberg was just like, I don't give a show what happens to you. You got a fucking right. job to do. And he's like, you're not the one fucking out here. And by the end of that movie, we found out he was there the whole fucking time. You know? And, like... Yeah. It goes to show, like who who actually is the rat? Who who is who is it? And right, everybody there had a role in being a rat. And like even yeah, I mean, even uh, Matt Damon's partner, where he like shit starts going off the rails, and his partner shoots the other detective. And then he's like, "Well, you thought you thought Costello had only you?" He's like, "He's got a bunch of us in the inside." I was exactly. like, oh, "Shit." <laughs> This man was like side by side from him since the academy, you know. And then, like at the end of the movie, he's like, "You thought you were the only one." Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then, and that's that's when that's when the, like you're like, "Oh shit!" Like, well, how many more are there? Like, like that was the great. That was yeah. the, what was so good about the final the final act was like the shit starts to go down, and you're like, "How many are, are there more? Is there somebody else?" It's like fuck, and then. I question, and I don't. I don't even know the answer to this day. But was Dingham a bad guy? You know, I, I think he's a good uh, guy. But I think at the time, know, the I, way he the way he executed this man at oh, the yeah, end of that the, movie with, with the things on the his feet jumpsuit. and everything. He had the jumpsuit. He had the bags over his shoes. There was no trace of this man being there. The only thing that possibly could have given him a trace of being there was his fucking haircut. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. The one thing he didn't wear, he's like, I'm not putting a shower cap on. Are you fucking kidding me? I got this haircut. <laughs> like Jesus. that was the one thing that would probably get him in like post investigation. But even then, you know, who's who's showing up to the investigation and being like, Oh, I found a hair, but I ain't gonna test it because that's Costello. That's my guy. He's been taking care of me this whole time, you know. Like, is how many yeah. rats were there? It, it, that's that's why this movie does such a good job with portraying you like what direction is it gonna go? Like, what do I believe? And it, it's it's always going to raise that question, right? Was Mark Wahlberg in on the whole thing? Or was he trying to get revenge? For, and, for and then Queen, you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then you've got, like, the intrigue of, 
oh, I gave him the wrong fucking address. Oh, and, yeah. oh, I, I mean, that's when I was like, like oh. I was glued yeah. to the screen. I was like, wait, we get to the wrong fucking place. Oh God. Like, like yeah. <laughs> what's funny like, too is that before this scene, they were all hanging outside of this spot, this hideout. They were yeah. all hanging outside and the, it was him and the other guy. They were hanging outside, like pulling security pretty much. And they were making a joke where everybody who walked by was a cop. And they kept making yeah. jokes about it. And when Costello showed up, and he's like, he's a cop. And uh, like he not Costello, uh shit, what the fuck was his name? DiCaprio's character. You know, like he shows he walks by and then he's like, Oh, he's a cop. He's like, what oh, the Billy. Fuck you yeah. Billy, yeah. He's like, What you fuck do you say? And then he's like, Oh, we're playing this game. You know, where, where somebody walks by and we call him a cop. And then like some old lady walks by and he's like, see that purse? Wire. She's a cop. <laughs> like it was like little stupid things like that, but it was that little poke. They just yep. enough to poke the bear and just be like, fuck, did they find me out? And he yeah, just and did well enough to not break it. So he was like, ah, oh, okay, good joke. And then just went and in. Then, and this guy knew. This guy, I forgot his name. I think it's, uh, uh, I want to say it's Delahunt or something like that. But I think he, yeah. he knew and he told him. I never said anything, though. I knew, but I never said anything. Yeah. And that's when you start to fucking oh my like like the see the, in this part DiCaprio was like f like he's losing like, his fuck. shit. He's like they they had me they had me, and like he died. How lucky! How fucking yeah. lucky do you have to be? He's exactly. Like, I gave you the wrong address, but you showed up at the right one. Why were that's you? That's it. Why were you there? Shit. Like that's that, and you can see it in, in DiCaprio's performance in his face. He's like, oh fuck, like I'm done. I'm done. He told him and then this, he's like I gave you the wrong address. It was a six, not a seven, or something like that. Yeah, he's like, but yeah. you were at the right address. He's like, why were you there? And he's like, I told you I was running late. I wasn't anywhere. And he was like, You were there. I saw you there. Yeah. I gave you the wrong address. And then he just dies. And then yeah. at that point, I would have done the same thing. Honestly, I'd have walked away. I would not hang around and like mourn this man. No, this man no. had me. I'm panic, like full on panic attack. I'm like, anxiety ridden. I'm going home. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> he had, he had him right there, dead to rights, man. He was ready yeah. to go, and and oh, and then this scene is the the classic, the, yeah. the cell phone scene we talked about Just earlier, that, where that tension. Oh. I mean, by the way, the I had phone. that same phone. I had that same phone. My father had that phone in pink. <laughs> so, man, right there. So, random, random question about the flip phone, right? Like this, this particular model. Did you ever pull up the antenna? Oh, every time. Even though I didn't have to, every time. It made me feel so cool. <laughs> every time before I answered, it just <laughs> city more. You kill him, we chill him. We flip away. There we go. Let's yeah. go. Oh my god! And then it went all downhill when I got the razor. No more antenna. Oh, oh shit! And it was that that flat phone. Yup. <laughs> Watch, I can put this phone in my back pocket and sit on it without breaking it. That's insane. But <laughs> but again, performance of two guys, two guys in two separate scenes, two different locations, and you felt every fucking second of this scene. Oh my DiCaprio's god! DiCaprio's yeah. face just like telegraphs exactly and what he's thinking what's phenomenal what's phenomenal i can't even speak the beers getting me <laughs> what's phenomenal about this scene is that you know like 
at this point, Billy is losing his fucking mind. He can't trust anybody. And he knows that. And then you have Matt Damon, who is just fucking, he's being a rat. He's doing what he's good at. So, like, he's staring at this phone. And he's like, that's a dead man's phone ringing. I need to pick it up. Because I know if I pick it up, I'm going to find out who the rat is for Costello. He's like, that's my rat. I'm going to figure out who this man is. So what does he do? He answers the phone as the new head of the department. Yep. Without hesitation. Slides right in there like a true fucking mole. Slides mm-hmm. right in there. He's like, oh, my God. Thank God we found you. What? <laughs> like, how did you do that so effortlessly? You know, like you didn't even think about it. This man looked at the phone for 2.5 seconds and was like, hello. And then hung up. And then he calls back <laughs> and then answers again. He's like, thank God we found you. I don't know if you know this, but Queenan's dead and Marky Mark just got suspended. I'm going to be <laughs> taken over. I need you to come in and we'll take care of some of the paperwork and stuff just so he could put a face on him. Fucking nuts. Oh. And he's like, no, I don't fucking trust you. Fuck you. Where's Queen? <laughs> he's like, he's dead. <laughs> like, I, I want to talk to this guy. Uh, give me Dingham. I told you he's suspended. He's no longer head of the department. He's like, no, nah, I want Dingham. The whole time, no matter how much they fought throughout the whole movie, he's like, I want Dingham. Give me Dingham. Right, right. Because you can trust that guy. Yeah, exactly. you, you, had, you, you had his uh, trust there. But again, the performances and the storyline leading into this last, you know, this last hurrah of the scenes is just like, like, again, like we said, movie making magic, man. Like, it's fucking, yeah. it, it's, it's a master at his craft. It's Scorsese just like fucking with you in this movie. And again, um, why his movies are so rewatchable is because they're about characters. They're about the story and the characters and how he, he wields the camera. So, you know, you're there, you're hooked, you're in. Like, like he gets you in from the beginning. Um, that first 18 minute sequence, again, we're going right back to it. That 18 minute sequence sets the scene, the stage for you, and you're you know exactly where you are, you know what the characters are doing, you know why they're doing it, and that's why you're invested. That's why you're invested, and then the story is just good, the actors are good. Um, and then you get you know, again, you get the fucking I wouldn't say it's the greatest breakdown, you know, it's ever happened, but you start to get like one of the best endings to a movie ever. Like you, 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 you start to see all the pieces unravel. Yeah. Everything starts to go like fucking sideways. Uh, you know, this is when we're watching the part here when Costello reveals that he's the informant to Matt Damon, he's been shot and, like that's true heartbreak right there from the oh, father, yeah. like a father and son perspective. Yeah. Again, I mean, looking up this man was his idol, you know, like he looked yeah. up, to him. he wanted to be him one day and he knew he was, he had the potential to be him one day. He was brought up with the mindset that he was going to take over the industry, you know, and being that he did all this for him in the end to figure it out. Like he was informing the FBI the entire time. And when he finally like confronts him about it, and then he was like a fucking FBI informant. Are you fucking kidding me? Right, exactly. Like, all the shit I did for you wasn't enough. And then he's like, oh, please. Like <laughs> that was his response. Oh, please, be realistic. <laughs> fucking shoot him. <laughs> no hesitation. He's like, all right, that's all you gotta say. Cool. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's that's the evil of his character. Yeah. Like, like he was heartbroken. He was oh, heartbroken yeah. and he and, and, and hurt, but immediately 
switched into survival mode. Like, okay, you're fucking informant. Yeah. Done. I gotta survive. Now yeah. and then Matt Damon is thinking of the next move already. Like he's already thought of what the next step is. Yeah. He's and already got a plan in motion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's so he's so fucking quick on his feet. Um, when it's he does get into scary how well he did that too. Yeah. Like yeah. every moment where you're like, oh shit, how's he gonna react? He already had an answer. It was yeah. it was impressive to see, like, because like you know for a fact that there are people out there who can do shit like that, like on the on the fly, just like come up with something real quick, you know, like just an answer. And this man, by the time he made the decision to shoot him, had about five steps of what he was gonna do next. You know, and like there was no question at this point in the movie that he you knew he was gonna be okay until Mark Wahlberg showed up, and <laughs> like that was it. Yeah, you see, you see how like in in this transition, like he goes from a concerned face, right to uh, like it's over, right? Like like yeah. he he switches like immediately. That yeah, like he, not so much remorse, but just that like relief of like, all right, this is what I got to do. Yeah, like his face completely changed. Yeah, he switches it up. And then he just takes care of business. He he knows at that point, right there, at the point where he's pointing the gun, yeah. and he's he he knows what he's got to do. And he knows what he what the next step has to be. And so, what does and, he you do? Know, he gets on the radio. I got Costello. I got him over here. He shot. Yep. And, and then, then he's he being celebrated. Yep. He's getting celebrated at the at the end. He has every, he has like three. He's three steps ahead of everybody else in the movie. But yeah. again. Lurking in the shadows is fucking Dingham. Dingham is out there, and you no forget idea where he's at. You forget this guy is even still in the movie. You're like, fuck it, he's gone. Like I, I don't haven't seen him in 20 minutes. It's, no. He leaves. He's probably he leaves that scene, and directly after that scene is when shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. And like so much happens in a span of like 20 minutes. Where you you legitimately forget who's who anymore, and you finally walk into the scene and they finally shake hands, right? And there and now they now finally the, interact, and now it's fucking gold, man. Like these yeah. guys are now they're now they're they're facing each other and they're they're fucking showing off to each other like fucking oh, yeah. like like the scene is such an elevated scene at that point that well the story elevated it already, but. Yeah. Now you got these two guys just like fucking swinging at each other. Yeah. Like, Cause like watching it up until this point, we know who the rats are. We know who the moles are, but they don't. They know that there is a mole. They don't know who yet until this envelope shows up on the desk. Right. And that's yeah. when Billy's like, I fucking got him. Yep. He's like, I got him. I finally fucking got him. This piece of shit. All right. And then I'm going to walk away from this because I know that he's going to try and kill me. I know yeah, that exactly. I'm nice. like right there. Like he, <laughs> like, yeah, that realization, he, his face tells it all. Like he, he yeah. will sit there and he, he just like, Oh fuck. Like, what yeah. am I going to do now? I gave this envelope to Queenan before he fucking fell off the roof. Now I know he wasn't like, like he knew right off the bat that he wasn't just falling off the roof. He was thrown off obviously, but like Costigan. Yeah. Billy Costigan. So like that's it. sends the tape to Costello to uh, not Costello to, to uh, the psychiatrist, right? No, no. He, so he sends this tape to Matt Damon to listen to. 
Yes. And it's yeah. the recording of the conversation between Costello and him. And out of spite, I guess. I, I don't honestly I don't know why she listened to the tape. I think she was just tired of the sneakiness and like just tired of like not knowing what he did on a day in and day out basis, you know, like it, it could have just been anything. And she listens to the tape and now everything blows up in his face. And and what's surprising is he doesn't kill her. He doesn't kill her because he does right. legitimately love her. Yeah. And like, and like even on the IMDB page, like I didn't know this up until I read this, but Matt Damon, like for that character made it a point to make the character impotent to counter mm. Frank's macho personality. And okay. that's, that's, that's a different way to look at it, right? Cause you have the scene where, you know, like everybody looks happy and stuff and he, they wake up in the morning and then she's like, it's okay. It happens sometimes, you know, like, you know, we'll keep trying and stuff. And then he's like, I got to go to work. <laughs> and like, it's a, it, it's a, a, a false masculinity thing. And then it kind of like puts it in a different bracket, right? Like, oh, is he doing this because he's impotent? Like, man's can't have kids. He can't get it up. Is that why he does what he does the way he does it? You know, like it's crazy. And it's, it's a, it puts it in a different mindset, you know, and I never, I never knew that up until now, which is all. Awesome. And I, I saw a couple of posts. I, I didn't, I didn't watch the videos or read the posts, but in, in researching and getting ready, like I saw a couple of, of YouTubers made videos talking about is, is, is Colin gay? Like was, was he gay? Uh, you know, is that, was that part of it? But again, he just, he just needed that, like that filler, you know, just to say, Hey, I'm not gay. It's 2006. It, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't as, like accepted back then you know so like and especially for like if the movie was portrayed in 2006 okay it still wasn't as popular or it still wasn't as uh like accepted in, in society you know it was still kind of looked down upon and like commented on and stuff so it was still an uncomfortable feeling for some people where they were still making jokes they were still making masculine jokes and things like that and up until that point if if the movie was even filmed or like the the time frame took place even before that then it was just elevated at that point, you know, like then it really wasn't accepted. So being in a society today where it's a little bit more accepted, you could probably watch the movie and just be like, why is that weird? I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah. it's, a, it's a good point to bring up. Like, was he trying to just hide the fact that he was indeed homosexual? And like, it's, yeah. it's a different mindset. I mean, again, there's a number of theories you can go with. Was he, or was he not? Or does he want to necessarily risk having a kid? You know, like, like he's in his life, you know, yeah. like he's, so does you know, he want to have a kid? Yeah, and I think that's that's what a good movie does is that it makes you think about the characters and talk about the what ifs, you know, or the the background scenes and things. So, shit, the fact that we're still contemplating was he, you know, was he gay? Was it on purpose? Was why was he not having, uh, you know, relations with her? Like that's fucking, yeah. that's uh, again good a good movie. A good movie will make you do that. Um, and then we get to the infamous elevator scene where you see his true colors in this scene this yeah. is when he comes out because this is like you said like up until all of this happening he's in fight or flight mode he's in yeah. survival mode you know and like he's been three steps ahead the entire time and then at this point he's in the elevator he's in cuffs and the actual cop in all of this got him in yeah. cups and he's ready to turn him in and he's ready to explain his piece he's got proof he's got evidence to put you away forever and what does he do 
he fucking lays into him. He just yeah. gives it to him, and then he's like, "Oh, what the fuck do you think you go? You know who the fuck I am?" And like, exactly. it just goes on for a rant, like just goes off, crazy. But, but the great thing is now this is this is where what I like. This is a good way to subvert your expectations. Again, traditional movie formula will tell you this: the movie's ending. Mm-hmm. Bad guys caught. DiCaprio's the hero. We're good. We're good at this point. Yeah. Like, we're, yeah, we're we fucking, got him. We yeah. got him. Like, like if you're right at that moment, you're breathing. You're like, all right, this fucking thing is done. <laughs> Costello's the got 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 his. Uh, Damon was caught. People have the evidence. Castigan's bringing him in. He's about to get the reward that he deserves. Exactly. Like, like, exactly. The whole time, like even when they killed uh, Costello, Matt Damon put it on record. He was like, by the way, I want to go on record and say that I am nominating Costigan for the Legion of Merit. Right. And like, right. which is like the highest prestigious award you can get in the, in the force. But like, like he, <laughs> he, even at that point, you know, they just to have that platform and be like, yeah, celebrate me. But by the way, let me show you how humble I am. Right. Let me show you what a good guy I am. By the way, I just want to go on record and say, I want to nominate Costigan for the Legion of Merit. And then exactly. you get this fucking scene. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like, you know who the fuck I am. He's like, you, you think you really think you're gonna fucking walk away from this? Nobody walks away from this, right? Because, and that's that's I think what we missed is that he was telegraphing that you're not gonna fucking walk away from this. So no matter, I thought maybe it was like no matter what you do to me, somebody's gonna get you. Somebody's you know you're gonna get got by somebody else. Didn't know in the next second. Literally, <laughs> he was gonna not fucking even, get caught right there. Not even in a like, like, uh, like subtle way. No, the dude got shot in the fucking face. Right, <laughs> you spent the whole movie with him up until this point, and like, just for what to get off an elevator and get blasted in the fucking face? No. <laughs> No, I'm done watching, man. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's like, like, it's it it's the first, it's the audible gas, like what? Yeah, like what? And then and then (laughs) right. Then then it's the denial and the fucking anger. You're like, Yeah, what the fuck? I just spent this whole movie cheering for DiCaprio, and I thought it was over, and now he's fucking dead. Like, what now? What? Where do we go? And then we were like, "Who is this guy who shot him?" We're like, "What?" And and who is it? His fucking partner, right? His partner waiting at the end. He's like, "You thought you were the only one." Costello had eyes everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. and and then poor Anthony. This is when it just goes off the rails. (laughs) Anthony Anderson gets it. Oh man! Uh, Thanks for coming, Anthony Anderson. We appreciate you. <laughs> but Take then, of course, in in that fight or flight moment, what does Matt Damon do? Yep, fucking shoots his partner. No right, hesitation, dude. Just gets up. Right. He, oh, oh he's yeah. Like, give then, me the gun. Yeah, yeah I'll clean that. Boom. <laughs> Boom. It's fucking done. Just he's how much trust do you have to have in somebody after literally killing you? Like. Anderson was another one who was at the academy with him the entire time. Right. It was the three of them. They were in the same class. They actually, no. Anderson's character was in the academy with Costigan. Yeah. He was with DiCaprio's class. So, like, 
the fact that like literally all these guys who <laughs> went through this together essentially and then yeah. they're all just blaming each other off the only person there that wasn't on costello's books was costigan technically yeah he was in with costello he was literally worked his way up to be one of his right-hand men but he he was full through state trooper 100 percent. yeah now i want to bring attention to this particular image that we're looking at right now notice the x on the on the glass and i, I heard this in the podcast in, in a podcast uh, that i was listening to um x but on I, the glass. I if you look in the scenes where you see the the the, the x or the the letter x or something symbolizing x yeah the person dies okay so it, it it's a uh, it's homework for you guys to take from the podcast go How back and rewatch it count right if can you see the, movie, the x's yeah. and that's what i heard i had i i don't confirm it but this this part right here tells me uh we're looking at an image with again the big x on the on the wall in the background this is the building where as martin sheen is walking up to the building you will see the x that i oh, do yeah, this know is the same building right it's the same building it's the same maybe. building yeah so again that's that's what they say the symbolism is is that wherever you see an x then that either that someone is going to die or that person dies in that from that scene so hey that's homework for you guys in the Con rewind podcast <laughs> <laughs> now i gotta rewatch so, the movie and like catch up uh, exactly exactly um, there it is it, right there oh by the yeah. way i want to recommend costigan for the legion of merit right um, because now i want to go on record and say that yeah and, and and again you're pissed at this point like the fucking bad guy got away with it literally yeah i mean because it at, until and then even then, in that scene, he goes to pet the dog and the dog is like don't fucking touch me <laughs> don't fucking touch me you piece of shit and right, then we and then, got this and Old i think marky that's mark in his og clothes from the same music video <laughs> that's the marky mark funky bunch uh, outfit <laughs> come on swing it no um <laughs> but i that's but see when, when they pan up to him because you don't know who this is you forget you the, so it's funny too because when i first watched the movie for the first time i've watched this movie a thousand times over but first time i watched this movie and they pan up i mm -hmm. saw I saw the swagginess of his walk, and I was oh. like, "Holy shit, it's Thingum!" Thingum, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, Thingham's oh, back. He's back. And, I was, and it just it's fucking poetic justice, like just, just how to encompass the entire movie with something so perfect. Yeah, yeah I, I was. Mean, just, I changed my pants like three times over when I saw this. Yeah, man. I mean, but that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, like. In my mind, I forgot Dingham. Like the first viewing, fucking forgot him. And so when he's when he shows back up and I see the booties and I see the gun, I'm like, because because I was pissed. I'm like, Damon gets Matt Damon gets away with it. Yeah. I, and I'm like, and again, if that's how the movie ended, I wouldn't be pissed. I would not have been pissed. I would have said, you know what? It's Shit, fucking bold. It's one of those movies where the bad guy gets away, you know. Right. It's just, this is one of those movies. We can't always have that fairy tale ending, right? Right, right. So, and I would have been pissed. I think I, it would have been a, a like a hell of a fucking end, you know, exit oh, to the yeah. movie. And they one upped it. Like they gave me what they, I fucking wanted, which yeah. was <laughs> Yeah, and Matt <laughs> Damon knew face. He's like, Oh, come on. <laughs> yep. And there he is, man. Matt yep. Damon hits the ground. Bagels and milk on the floor. Blood splatted. And that's it, man. And that's all yeah. she wrote, man. And that's fucking 
again, that's that's what brings you back to the fucking movies. Like in a movie yeah. like this one, it's just it's just fucking amazing. And, and again, star studded movie worth every penny you paid those actors. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. Shit, for 50% of that budget to go to the actors, it was worth it. Yeah. And like over time they eventually made that back, but like that first year, I don't think they saw that money back until like later on down the road. Like DVD and like streaming uh income and stuff like that, but like And like again too, like I, I mentioned it before like with the cast that they had, I can't picture it any differently. Yeah. You know, like I, I feel like every person who had their role knocked it out of the park. And there was no getting better than that. You know, like it just like even here, like it says like Ray Liotta was the original choice for the role of Dingham instead of Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And like it of of course, you know, Ray Liotta being a phenomenal actor himself would have been a great role, but you have all, all these first pick choices, right? You got Ray Liotta, you got Al Pacino. I'm like, picture them in these roles, and I can't, I can't put them in a Boston environment. No, no, I cannot put them in a Boston environment, and that's being honest because Ray Liotta is Jersey and Nork. Like, <laughs> like I, I, yeah. I picture him in a New York or Nork environment. I cannot see him anywhere else. Even if he tried to put on an accent, it wouldn't even fit. He would you know just be an out of towner visiting Boston at that point. Like, he would, that's that's the only way I would see it. I mean, you mentioned the accents. If you really think about it, the accents weren't like like okay, Mark Wahlberg had it. You know, Matt Damon. They're they're local, right? Um, you got Alec Baldwin too. Yeah, Alec Baldwin had a, a decent decent accent, but for the most part. Nicholson kind of abandoned it. Like Nicholson um, didn't need the accent because no, his, his voice was just grisly enough to not need right. it. Because what's her name? He was just erratic enough to just not need the accent. He all he had to do was talk, you know, yeah. and like he could be that Irish badass mobster that Boston needed. Everybody else around them play the part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they, I think uh, Vera Farmiga, her, her accent left her midway through the movie. Um, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, um, you know, there's certainly more Boston movies out there, like better Boston, you know, movies. But this one was badass. This one was fucking, again, the, the story is great. And and I realized, and I, I did read that it was a it was a remake of another movie. It was a Japanese movie or something. Yes, what was it? Uh, the Inferno, was it? Yeah, something like that. Um, but that's crazy. Yeah, that's cr that's crazy in itself. Like, like it's a remake. It's it's a remake of a. I think it was a Chinese movie or Japanese. I, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And what's even crazier about it is that uh, I think it was Brad Pitt who bought the rights for the Inferno. Oh, and okay. when. So he he bought the rights for the movie in 2003. And then um I'm not sure how Scorsese got his hands on it. Maybe Brad Pitt like hit him up uh as a producer just be like, "Hey, I'll be the producer for this film. You direct it. I want your camera angles and stuff for this. I got the rights for it and so forth." Made the entire movie and Scorsese found out at the end of it that it was actually a remake. <laughs> 
<laughs> like had no oh, yeah, idea. Yeah. Had and no idea. He refused idea. to watch it. He said, I, yeah. I read he refused to watch it until he finished his cut. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? I, I'm reading here on here too. It says originally this remake was planned with Brad Pitt as Colin mm. and Tom Cruise as Billy Costigan. I don't think that would work. I, again, I can't I can't see it. Imagine Tom Cruise with a Boston accent. It would be terrible. I'd be laughing the entire time. I would not take the movie seriously. No, I would not. No, I, I would not. not take him seriously. Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see. Uh, nice fun fact. The F word and its derivatives are used 238 times in this movie. Nice. Not quite yeah. Scarface level, but we're there. We're close. <laughs> I said, it's cut to close, cut to close. Mark Wahlberg easily fell back on his native accent. Scorsese joked it was so thick they'd need subtitles. Like, that makes me so happy. <laughs> so, like, I spent a lot of my childhood in Rhode Island. Right, like I got, I got family out there. My father lived out there forever. My sisters grew up out there. They were born out there. So, like, I, I always visited Rhode Island, and I was always around it. It was just Massachusetts and Rhode Island, that same accent. The things that they would say, too, like how, like, I say, or like me and the guys, we say, like, things are dope, right? In, in, in accents yeah. of, like, cool and not, like, like, we'll be like, oh, that's dope. That's dope. That's cool. Out there was the first time I ever heard the word buttery in <laughs> reference to something being cool. That's butters, man. That's and they, oh, butters. my God. Yeah. So I, we used to go to a skate park as kids, and it was out there. And I had my gold razor scooter that I got for my birthday at like 10 years old. I was so happy. It felt so cool. And like <laughs> we're at the skate park and some kid did some trick that was fucking bananas. And this other kid next to me was like, yo, that was buttery. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? That shit was but We used to that say it, butters. That shit was that butters. Yo, that shit was butters. That shit was butters. <laughs> that shit was butters, kid. <laughs> kid is another one they they don't call you bro. Yeah. they don't call you dude no you're a kid yeah everybody was kid everybody was kid my cousins i give my cousin shit all the time too oh Listen yeah here, did kid. you drive here from boston with your khakis in your pocket you wearing <laughs> cargo pockets did you put your khakis in that oh my god it's so crazy <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you got a good one man i i, I all my all my fucking accents turn into jamaican accents so that's why i stopped doing them <laughs> I'll start good. It'll start strong. And then they're, I'm fucking down by the beach, boy. Like, like, <laughs> Bacon, don't you know? <laughs> I'll be like, give me give me a fucking Guinness, man. <laughs> like, I'm all, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's already the Irish there. <laughs> Full on, huh? I'm, I'm Irish Jamaican. That's what I am. Oh, God. Oh man! Well, listen, man. I think we've had a fucking phenomenal time uh, tonight. Yeah. Uh, the beers were flowing, man. I, and, and you know what? Oh yeah. This is th this is the thing. I'm out of beer, so I think it's time to end the podcast. So uh, I think so. I mean, I'm. I, uh, that means I gotta kill this one eventually. You you've been <laughs> sipping on that shit, kid. I'm <laughs> three in right now. This is crazy. <laughs> Filling them under the camera this whole time. <laughs> exactly. I had, exactly. I had the keg on tap. You know, because you technically aren't supposed to be, you know, drinking on camera. But, uh, you know, again, it's as long as you don't see the labels, I guess. I think yeah, we're exactly. okay. Broke for you by Budweiser. <laughs> you know, I'd love for this fucking podcast to be sponsored by like a beer. I'll what fucking rep that beer. 
wanted to all oh, rep the shit out of it too. Right. That'd be I'd have it all over my screen background. Too. Some like IPA <laughs> or something. Have a whole like neon light in the background to be like, you see that shit? Drink that shit right there. Exactly. Right there. Get your car keys, get in your car, and then go get that fucking beer. Get that fucking beer right there. <laughs> I, I must stop before it becomes Jamaican. <laughs> before I say red stripe. <laughs> red stripe. Oh, yes. Actually, you ever have red stripe? It's delicious. I love red stripe, man. Tastes like Malta. <laughs> you know what I get <laughs> fucked up is the is the catchphrases. I'd be like red stripe, and I know that it's hooray beer, but then I'd be like red stripe. Australian phobia. Like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, oh, I'm fucking done. <laughs> oh, God. Always mix it up. Always, always. All right. So uh, I think we're going to end it on that note. Uh, Hercules, thank you so much for joining me tonight for the Be Kind Rewind podcast. Absolutely. Thank uh, you for having me, man. Honor. No, it, we, we'll, we'll do more episodes in the future. Um, Guys, if you enjoyed this podcast and podcasts like this, please make sure you like, uh, leave a comment. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, if you're watching this on, uh, or if you're listening to this on a podcast or Apple podcast, make sure you give a five-star rating. Make sure you give us some good comments and make sure you subscribe. Make sure you look out for the next uh, Be Kind Rewind podcast. Again, he's Hercules Outlaw. I'm the Big Llama. Again, host of the Big Llama Show. This is the Be Kind Rewind podcast. Uh, be kind, rewind, guys. It's movie night, and we're going to see you guys on the next one. Peace.